Welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Puro Pinche Primos podcast, Thursday, July 7th, 2022. This is a welcome back edition for us, coming back to sports after uh, two major kind of serious editions of our Puro Pinche Primos podcast. Uh, I'm your primo, Chris Costello, uh, starting you off today. That is your primo, Luis Velasquez. Yes, sir. A.K.A. V Nation. <laughs> A.K.A. Summer Bunny Chaser. How you doing, bro? How's everything going? I'm good, primo. I'm good, primo. How you doing? Good, man. It's good to, to catch up and, and kind of be talking on a lighter note. I know that we, we took on some uh, kind of heavier topics and we'll keep doing that. But uh, back to sports. And it feels like it's only right now, starting in July, post-July 4th. And, uh, and this hot weather getting us back into uh, our swing of things. Um, how's the, the summer going? Just so everybody knows, I, I called him the summer bunny chaser because one of the members of the V Nation family uh, has got him on his toes and has the rest of the family chasing him down. How's everything going this summer with the kiddos, man? You are in a house with children who do not have school. Ugh. I do not know how you do it. Oh, man, it's tough. Yeah, you're talking about... We recently, and this this is my fault. It was my idea. I'm not gonna lie, but we recently got a bunny for the kids to play with. We this we don't have a fence in our backyard, right? So this kid's been wanting a dog, and so we can't. I don't want to have a dog if we don't have a fence, right? So I was like, hey, let's get a bunny, right? The kids will love it, and they do love it to a point. And of course, I think a lot of parents out there can understand. They love it to a point, and uh, you realize that you're the one that's going to take care of this bunny for its whole life, right? <laughs> you think the kids are going to step up and take care of this bunny? Nope. I am the one to take care of this bunny. Today, uh, you know, I took my bunny outside, and he did not want to come inside. And so I'm chasing it, and I'm very old, and I have a very old, crinkly, like, squeaky joints and bones and so this bunny today was just juking the crap out of me today bro like i could not he was like he was definitely like barry sanders in yeah, the yeah. 90s and i was very much like the cincinnati Bengals in the band in the 90s right he just this ugh. wabbit season <laughs> oh boy wabbit twax <laughs> All right, Wabbit, I know you're there. If you're not out in ten seconds, I'll blast you out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, Wabbit, now I got you. What's up, Dad? This bunny. You, you got to flip for the kids and make them chase them. I, I had a, my, my first roommate in college, um, Jared was this really fast kid. He was a soccer player in high school. And he told me that, I remember asking him, I was like, how did you kind of build up your speed? And he said that uh, where they lived, him and his family lived like deep in the suburbs in Long Island. And there was just like wild bunnies and rabbits around. And his dad would be like, go chase them and catch them. And then what I realized was like, yo, your dad played you and was just tiring you out. Like he was just getting you to <laughs> run around all day long. But he said that it helped him because he was like, it helped him as far as soccer because it would help him kind of like, you know, pivot, change direction, be really quick on his feet. Um, and I was like, oh, that's, that's actually really good training. And also like, that is. if I ever have kids, I got to get some bunnies to make sure that they chase them down. Listen, um, that's a good, like that, that has me thinking about like the Rocky movie chasing the, the chicken around. Right. Yeah. And, and when he was training. <laughs> He was chasing the chicken around. Also, one thing you don't know about bunny. Here's a quick bunny fact. Bunnies poop <laughs> two to three hundred times a day. That's disgusting. Two to three hundred. Now they're little little pebbles, right? They're, it's still like, but two to three hundred. And while they're eating, so they eat and poop, and it just goes, and it's just like, 
like it's like shooting, you know, he's yeah, definitely pellets. like a, yeah, shooting little pellets and then it's just it's a lot, it's a lot so of work. You, I wasn't ready for it. You just tell me you got a bunch of little bunny caquitas in your house all day. Well, no, uh, after we we did for like the first week until we like until I like researched. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, I found out that they poop some. Yeah, and I was like, damn, this thing. Like we were like, yo, it's gonna be like a house bunny and come around. Like I see like other white people, you know that this is a thing, right? This is definitely a white person thing. Look, this is definitely. Like I never know anybody of color that's ever had a bunny. This definitely I would embrace this. this. Is definitely a white person thing, and but it was my idea to get it, so I'll take all the hit for it. Like, but yeah, once I was like, man, there's pellets over here, there's pellets over here, pellets. Over here. I was like, what the hell? And I researched. I'm like, yeah, two to three, and I was like, okay, this bunny is not being inside the house anymore. So I take him outside to the front, and then he goes back in his cage, and that's all we're doing, bro. <laughs> Well, summertime activities, I think, you know, you, you got to start training the kids then for, for soccer out there and make them chase these bunnies. We have one of the things we talked about that we got to get better at and we will get better at is covering soccer in this show, particularly this year in, in the World Cup. And then particularly thinking about uh, one of the big news stories that came out uh, with regards to sports since our last sports episode was the fact that the World Cup 2026 is going to be in North America and will be in cities across yeah, the country, real. particularly coast. I think Ace Town is, is going to have some games. I think, yeah, Philly, Philly New York. There's some in, in um, Canada. Yep. So I guess they... they and in and Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, there's some in Mexico, too. Yeah. And I think this so, is the first time in a long time that, like, USA has actually got a squad... Where they might do some things, right? If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, they didn't uh, qualify for the last to even make the World Cup the last last time. Yeah. And but now they've already qualified. They seem uh, I don't know soccer. Like I, I'm with you. I'm I'm willing to learn. I coach soccer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like before the <laughs> pandemic hit. For my daughter, she wouldn't play soccer, and like any true dad, like I like I got this, not knowing <laughs> anything about soccer, <laughs> right? Not I've not played one one minute of soccer in my life. Not at recess, you know. Not at any, like maybe I kicked the soccer ball at Chuck E. Cheese a couple times, where Chucky was going back <laughs> and forth trying to block. That was the it. But yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing to learn some soccer. Uh, and, and get into it. Uh, I just hope there's not a lot of zero to zero ties out there. Uh, that's kind of the stuff that turned me off from soccer. I'm just excited that that World Cup will be in our time zones so we can catch games and also the parties. And I think going forward in the future, that may need to be the next uh, New York trip because. In New York, World Cup time is insane. Yeah. And one of my favorite memories of World Cup was catching a Mexico game at 10 a.m. <laughs> at a Hooters establishment as I was eating chicken wings at 10 a.m. I've never eaten chicken wings that early in the morning, but <laughs> immediately being surrounded by a bunch of other Mexicans uh, rooting at 10 a.m. soccer was not a bad look with like a huge beer in my hand. I, I will not kind of yeah, arguing and absolutely I will say this I will say this that uh, definitely something on the bucket list is to go to a big time soccer game like and I feel like whenever we watch these on, on TV like it is straight lit in the stands they've got so many chants they've got everybody jumping like there's definitely more action in the stands that there is going on on the field <laughs> Right, that's what I always feel like. If I was there, I'd just be watching the fans in the stands, right? It, it seems so lit, such a party for every single game. Every single game that I've ever seen on TV soccer, the fans are lit. No matter if the team sucks or not, like, and I'll be, they definitely would love to go to a, a World Cup game or something of that nature and just hang out in the stands. Yeah, yeah, I, the... I love the way that the stands look like they're vibrating at soccer games, right? Yeah. Like no one is sitting, everyone is in hype mode. Um, that is kind of like that global, like you understand that the whole world 
is into it in a different way. I'm going to bring us back, though, to American football, which is where uh, we like our that's where our expertise <laughs> lies within this programming. Um, NFL offseason news with regards to I think we're learning a lot about more so than organizations. But I think across sports in general, what we're seeing is player empowerment. Um, with regards to choice and not being locked into contracts. And we'll talk about some of the most notorious members in sports about that in the NBA later on. But I, I wanted to start off with just your take on kind of three, but maybe four QBs that are in brand new places that you wouldn't think would be in brand new places after last year. Um, and I'll, I'll start us off actually kind of on the lower end which is still questionable, but we know he's not going to be on this team, which is uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo most likely is going to be dealt in these next couple of weeks. Um, the rumor that I'm hearing that seems the most likeliest is within his division to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and I know you brought up uh, a, a quick comment recently about the current uh, roster starting quarterback roster slot in Seattle, which is Drew Locke, um, <laughs> and just the way the U.S. Open demolished that format. <laughs> I the love Twitter. I love pettiness, right? I do. I love pettiness. <laughs> I, I am a, like a connoisseur of pettiness, right? And that the way that the U.S. Open came at Drew Locke for no reason. He was, you know, he was probably <laughs> at the lake chilling with his family. Having a good time. He caught a stray. For those of you that don't know what what my primo was talking about, uh, some random fan who who had a Twitter handle of Seattle Seahawks super fan came at this post about tennis and asked, is tennis a real sport? And then the U.S. Open, for some reason, just came out and went at this fan. And he was like, is it a sport? This is coming from... Uh, a fan who's about to watch Drew Locke for 17 games and just <laughs> I loved every single I lo- like I have now a fan of US Open right like I just I've started following them after that right because that was hilarious and he took Drew Locke took a hit it was hilarious he he embraced it he 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 said something else like happy for yeah, into the intern who also works at US Open you know Twitter handle so it was good but Jimmy G to um Seattle that's interesting to me because it's in the division you don't ever see something like that happen right um I've also heard uh maybe him going to to New Orleans and competing there um honestly I don't think um at this point I don't think anything's going to happen to Jimmy G until training camp. And I think they're just going to wait until, you know, somebody's going to get hurt and somebody's going to get desperate. And somebody's going to, you know, somebody's going to do something then. And I think that's what they're waiting for now. I know they send a couple feelers there. They try to do something with Carolina. Uh, They didn't accept that. Carolina, who, who... just today traded for Baker Mayfield and now it's a Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold competition there um but I don't see any suitors coming for Jimmy G right now and especially that contract that he has um so I think the smart thing for me for the 49ers would be just to wait it out somebody's gonna get hurt in some team and they're gonna want you know Jimmy G on there and then they'll give up you know a couple draft picks or whatnot but to Seattle, yeah, that, really that yeah, if that happens in Seattle, that'd be super crazy. Yeah, but I think, I mean, how would you not want to go to Seattle to throw to DK Metcalf if, if you're Jimmy G? But I didn't even think about the New Orleans situation with Jameis Winston, which I just feel like if you're a team that has Jameis Winston as your quarter as your quarterback, your fear is that anything can possibly happen. Like, you don't know what Jameis Winston can pull off in a game. Like, he could throw yeah. six touchdowns. He could throw six picks. Right. And crazy enough is, like, he's a guy that could be involved in a game where he did both in the same game. But Jimmy G, I think, 
in thinking about this New Orleans statement that you made, there's one guy that I think needs Jimmy G and Jimmy G needs, which is Alvin Kamara. Because right. I don't think Jimmy G can go to Seattle without like a dominant running back. But also, if you're Alvin Kamara, I think you would want a guy that is more reliable and dependable. Although, whenever I see interviews or just kind of the vibe from Kamara, my worry is that him and James Winston will get along way too well. But that's my 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 take on both of those two guys in, in yeah. New Orleans. I think, um, honestly, I think it would be a smart move for New Orleans to get into the Jimmy G trade. Just the fact that... Um, those guys are kind of polar opposite, right? Like, Jameis yeah. is big time. He's he's big time arm. He's always going to go for the gusto. He's going to be, you know, going for the, yeah. the long, the big play. He's going to be, you know, just gunslinging it around. And Jimmy G is kind of opposite of that, right? He's going to be a, a, a game maintainer, right? Make sure no mistakes happen. Throw a little five yard out here. Throw it out to the slot here. You know, he's going to be... Uh, He's going to keep things under control. And as long as he can stay healthy, um, this should help him. And I think New Orleans has Super Bowl uh, mentality right now. They're not too far off. I think they are. It, it kind of depends on Jameis. I think they have a good team around yep. around Jameis. Uh, they have a really good defense. Yep. Michael Thomas should be coming back at wide receiver. Exactly. Yep. Like you said, Alvin Kamara. That line is pretty legit. So I would I wouldn't blame New Orleans if they went in and to go get uh, a Garoppolo. I mean he is a winner. He's a proven winner. Uh, did yeah. well with San Francisco last year. But he's just not. He's not gonna be a superstar, right? He's just not. He's not gonna. Yeah, I don't know if he needs to be all the weapons in in New Orleans. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the first Jameis's maturity. Yeah, exactly. So that yeah, I mean to see what happens, to Jimmy G. That that's gonna be crazy. One thing that did happen for sure, which I think is the number one uh, move this offseason, was uh, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Yeah, Russell Wilson to the Broncos is a major upgrade. What we were just talking over Drew Locke, right? Um, that team automatically becomes legit. That team automatically be- has Super Bowl on their mind. Uh, just for having Russell Wilson walk through those doors. Yeah, you know, honestly, I thought you were going to bring up the bigger, bigger pickup, QB pickup of the offseason, which is Carson Wentz to the Washington. <laughs> what are they? I was about to say Guardians. Um, that's Cleveland. Commanders. The, the other commanders. They're the commanders. Uh, commanders, yeah. Right. Um, nobody cares about Carson Wentz. Nobody. That was clearly a joke. Um, and that team is a mess. That organization, that organization him, is a mess. Yeah, at least they got him Terry McLaurin and re-signed that guy. But Russell Wilson, you know, I think from what you mentioned, I I don't think if you're, like, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm not thinking, like, Super Bowl or even, like, NFC Championship. I just want to get in the playoffs because of the division that we're in. Um, that division is insane. And, like, you mentioned months ago is – like, you could just watch just those division games and get incredible football. But I think what it's going to prove is how impactful of a leader Russell Wilson actually is and how much better he can make those receivers because they're so young, but they're so good that if he kind of, like, kind of brings them in and also just puts the ball on them, he can make those guys seem way better than what they are, get those guys bigger contracts going forward which you know obviously if you got a QB that helps you get a bigger contract you're going to be very loyal to that guy um where we're also seeing that with and the importance of loyalty is because we're seeing the crazy shift in wide receiver one additions to teams all over i'm going to get this one out of the way so we don't have to talk about it or feel it aj brown to the eagles major upgrade for them but this guy still has to deal with whether or not the ball is going to be put in his hands in his chest, or if it's going to be going flying over his head. AJ Brown, the steal of the year. Maybe not. There's another guy, but definitely um, the biggest thing that has been stolen from me in a very long time. I don't know if you want to comment. We can make it quick. I want to get it over with. Yeah, I mean, we got we have to comment about this. It still hurts me to the <laughs> core. 
Hold on, hold on, real quick. I'm gonna put you on a timer because as I'm watching you again, like I know people listening can't see what I see, but the rubbing of the head and like the eyes as if you were like about to collapse. I'm gonna put a timer on. That. Okay, so it's, right now I'm looking at the clock. Okay. We got like two minutes on AJ. Brown. Okay, I'm not gonna be emotional. I'm going to be neutral. <laughs> this is a big, obviously a big pickup for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think honestly, this pickup means. Uh, more about the future than it does this year. I think they, they've set up and they kind of uh, are doing what the Dolphins did, right? And they're just, we're going to give you all these weapons, Jalen Hurts, and let's see what you do with it this yep. year. Are we going to go for, Absolutely. are we going to look for a quarterback next year or not? You have no excuse this year. You got you to show it. Kind of same thing with Miami and Tua. Uh, but yeah, it's a major, major, major pickup. They didn't have to give up anything, really, right? They 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 swapped picks with Tennessee, and I think it was what another a third round pick. It was horrible. Let's not talk about what we got Tennessee got for it because that's looking like it's gonna be a bust already with Traylon Burks. Um, but baby, he's a kid. He's a kid. He he has he can't. He, all of a sudden, he's got asthma. And hasn't been able to practice. Right? Like, <laughs> all of a sudden. All of a sudden. First, like he hasn't been able to do any mini camps or anything because he has asthma all of a sudden. So, anyways, we're talking about the mm-hmm. Eagles. Uh, that team is, is going to be legit, I think. Um, but it, it all it all goes back to Jalen Hurts. He, he's a good football player. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt. He's a good yeah. football player all around like he's yeah, good right. he's good at everything he's just not great at anything that's what i think yeah yeah and so really great point yeah he's good at he's good at everything not great at anything and so this is just uh put up or shut up that all the weapons on that team is crazy um yeah aj brown and devonta smith as your two receivers jesus and then Miles Sanders coming back. Right. I think the one thing I'm going to miss the most about AJ Brown is, although he's like hilarious, and you know, like he's he's got like a, a swagger to him. It's just that there's a there is a great humility to him, which is I'm why I'm so sad of how we lost him. But Miles Sanders recently, I'm saying that he felt like he was on a on an all star team, like a dream team, and AJ Brown was really quick to shut that down and talk about how like. They need to work at it, and it's gonna it's gonna come. And I thought that that type of immediate leadership to yeah. like to to like just kind of quiet that like hype mode noise before knowing anything um, was really good for them because I do think that it's not so much about you know checking Miles Sanders as much as it was about really tempering things expectations for Jalen Hurts, which you just brought up is not great really at anything but he's really good at almost everything um you mentioned tyree kill who's gonna be chasing ducks in miami <laughs> um, we don't have to say enough about that and the crazy stuff about him comparing Tua to mahomes like it, it makes me consistently just really question tyree kill's intelligence um the big one that like we were talking about Russ in the AFC West and how dominant that division is going to be. The, the the tag team of Devontae Adams, and you're the one that first put me on to this, is the fact that his friendship um, with Derek Carr, like, I think that they're going to dominate out there. I think, like, offensively, they're going to put on a show in Vegas on a regular basis. Um, I can't believe that Aaron Rodgers let that happen. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I was, uh, I'm going to be a closeted Raiders fan this year. I just, I can see that (laughs) because I want Devontae Adams to succeed so bad just to throw it into Aaron Rodgers' face. Actually, Brett Favre came out uh, either yesterday or the day before and made a comment saying that. Devontae Adams is obviously going to take a step back and he's not going to be as good in Las Vegas without Aaron Rodgers. And I'm just like, I think what you're going to see is the opposite. I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers take a step back because Aaron Rodgers is out there throwing to YMCA folks. Like, he still ain't got nobody out there. 
Devontae Adams yeah. pretty much came out and said that he left because of the uncertainty and all the craziness that came around Aaron Rodgers. And he just wanted to go somewhere where he knew what the future was. Him and Derek Carr are really good friends. They're like best friends. They were roommates in college. They hang out every offseason together. Um, you know, they're they're gonna mess well, right? And the other the other weapons on yeah. that team, um, man, the AFC West, man, just talk that that is gonna be something to watch every single week. Yeah, the, the last receiver I want to bring up on this list, because I think that it's one of those things, and I feel like I'm hoping that anybody else in our fantasy league is not listening to this yeah, particular moment. Yeah, <laughs> but Allen Robinson to the Rams is going to be, I think, enormous. Like, I don't think that, like, it's such an under-the-radar thing because of the Rams getting the ring this year and the stuff with like OBJ and whether or not he's coming back. But Allen Robinson is a monster. Like the dude is like that type of monster wide receiver that you want. And I think the fact that, you know, Matthew Stafford is going to get him the ball. And so I think to me, that's the, that's kind of, I think the biggest possible wide receiver free agent move. Yeah. Uh, Just think Allen Robinson and Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, there's still a possibility that OBJ like, comes OBJ back. Yeah, there's still a possibility OBJ comes back. That is crazy. Again, the rich just get richer. That team, yep. um, it's just they're gonna be so good, man. They really are. Yeah. Uh that offense that of course that defense is already legit. Um and uh, Matthew Stafford was already great. Now he's got confidence, like ultimate confidence. I, I mean, he's going to be scary good. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and as I get more depressed thinking about just everybody else is getting better. All right. Now on to our next segment, the fastest growing podcast segment in the country. Oh, yes, I sir. That the wheel of chingadera. The wheel of King Ooh, let's see what it lands on today. First topic is college football. I can't believe that this is even a topic of conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I what feel is like it? it's almost like talking about the Los Angeles Lakers when they're like not even in contention of anything mm-hmm. but we are talking about university of texas hook em. long hook football. yeah we got- see football is the news because they now just got the commitment from the number one high school prospect in the country arch man mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i'm not i don't it's i don't even need to talk Go ahead. Okay, let me tell take me it from it, here. Tell me how you feel. Let me tell you from here, and let me tell you what's going on. Yes, that's right. The University of Texas, Hook'em Horn, who have been absolute trash for, uh, you know, for the last decade, right? Absolute trash. Too long. Yeah, for too long, right? But now, here we come. You know why here we come? Because of NIL. I'm not going to front. I know it's why we're getting these guys. NIL and all the Texas money that backs them. Did you know? Did you know? Fun fact is in the last two decades, the last two decades, the number one school as far as money coming in was the University of Texas and all of football and all of college football, not Alabama. They don't hurt at your own TV network. Right. That's a, but like. They also pulled like the number one fan fan, like the most the team that's got the most fans in the country, University of Texas. We are literally, literally, we are the New York Yankees of college football, right? Where you have fans everywhere, you you could be trash and it doesn't matter, right? Like you're just gonna have all these fans, you're gonna be the number one grossing team. So that's what we've been. I've been there, I I'm a part of it, right? And I am excited about arch manning but also like i have ptsd as far as it comes to my texas longhorns right and 
uh, when, when, once the once the news hit that we got Arch Manning, the first thing that my my mind went to, and I don't know if you remember this, but was Chris Sims, right? Chris Sims. Yes. That's yes. exactly where like he was he was the recruit that came in. We signed him and everybody went crazy, right? Chris Sims, yep. here he comes. He's the number one quarterback in high school. He's got this famous dad, right? Just like Arch Benny has got a famous family, and he's going to come in. And holy crap, did he cost us a national championship. We had Major Applewhite, who was a straight-up dog, right? Major Apple is a Longhorn legend. Yeah, he's a fan. He was a straight-up dog. But we we couldn't start Major Applewhite because we had this high recruit, a Chris Sims. And, and the crazy thing is, is we have also... Uh, what is it for Ewers? Ewers is is a QB that just came over to us too. We recruited Ewers. He was a number one recruit in in high school football. He he had a perfect rating in high school football, like Arch Manning. He came over to UT. He didn't like what was going on in UT. He transferred over to Ohio State. Ohio State did his thing last year they have they have their qb already set so he come back he's coming back to texas this year um and then we get archman like i'm i'm excited and scared at the same time not gonna lie like i'm excited and scared i don't want to be too excited because they're gonna let me down i know it but the sports PTSD, yeah, the sports PTSD that I have, it's crazy. NILs is crazy, absolutely, no doubt about. It. Right now, we have the number one recruiting class in the nation, and it's purely because of NIL, purely because we're paying these players so much money to be part of Texas, and I'm loving it. When I saw that they got him, I immediately thought that's what a TV network gets you. Right, mm-hmm, it gets mm-hmm. you this like, like Hall of Fame lineage coming to your school. But it also made me think of two images. I was like, I can't remember the last time I've seen the entire UT Longhorn face uh, fan base be this hyped since Vince Young scooted his way into the end zone, <sighs> that corner of the end zone, yes. seat. Yes. But then I immediately thought about that one video clip that they have from a camera on the ground in the back of the end zone and Chris Sims bagging in and trying to <laughs> fling the ball across the field and they, they fly and tackle over the end zone. And I was like, yo, Arch Man is going to be one of these Against the Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. <laughs> it was the Colorado Buffaloes. It doesn't even matter. All that matters is that it was in one clip. It was like... If, if, if you had like a dictionary, a video dictionary in these days now of the word bust, it would be that <laughs> clip. Of- yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You talking about NIL deals and just how that's changing and shifting, like where players go. And, and again, like we talked about the NFL, you have this like player empowerment where money is determining a lot of decision making in ways that it hasn't before, or like at least not to this extreme and we just saw two major programs shift conferences this week in usc and ucla right they went from what the pac 10 to the, now the big, big 10. 10 yeah they're they're gonna be in the big 10 in two years what's your take shifting of like maps and conferences and and whether or not this is i don't know if it's good for college football or not i well it's crazy to me because the one thing that I always in all the big talking heads in college football was always about the tradition of college football, the rivalries, and that's what this is all about, right? They used to hide behind that. They're not hiding anymore. It's about money. It's always been about money. These colleges have always done everything towards money, and now that NIL is in effect and players are actually getting this money, uh this move is is purely money, right? The Big Ten uh, TV deal is coming up in the next two years, right? They're, UCLA and USC going over to the Big Ten is going to just explode that TV deal. They're going to get so much money off of this TV deal just from them moving over there. 
Um, and it's just great. It's just about money. Look, these conferences to me, uh, eventually are just going to go away. I think there's going to be like, I don't even think there there's enough top tier teams to make four. Like there's no, there's not a big five anymore. Right. Not a big five. I think it's going to come down to two. You're going to have 16 on one. It's going to be like NFL, right? <laughs> you're going to have NFC and AFC. That's what I think it's going to come down to. And then you're just going to have everybody else. The problem I have with with the, this movement is not. I mean, the rich is getting richer again, but everything is purely based off of of football, right? These teams are are yeah. purely moving. It's it's a football move, and that's all that these presidents and these ads are thinking about is football. Uh, and football is going to get all the money with what who takes a stray, who takes a a, a hit on this, or all those sports teams. That don't have the money. And they're going to have to travel to these teams over in the Midwest, right? The lacrosse team, the golf team, the, you know, the tennis team that don't get as much support, don't get as much money. They're going to be taking bus trips over to the Midwest, right? It's just, they're going to, they're going to feel the effect more than anybody else. Not really going to affect the football team, right? Except, you know, who they're going to play this week. You're going to see UCLA versus Nebraska, right? And, you know, that's just going to be something interesting to watch is because you don't really see it. But the, the things you don't hear about are, are the other the other sports leagues that it's going to take a real effect on. Yeah, I think the, the last thing I'll say about this topic of college football is just the idea that I think we're going to start seeing the full on separation between student and athlete. Like there's no more student athletes. If we're Absolutely. talking about crossing the country in the middle of semesters in school, these athletes are not going to be in class. They're going to be in practices and all over the place. And and what you brought up is a really great point is just, I don't necessarily know if schools recognize the cost that they're going to be incurring through travel and promotion and all the things that they're going to have to do. It's going to cost them more money, but in the long run, it probably is going to make them more money. And I, and I think you hit it right on the head is that, it's about money. It's always been about money, but now we don't have to pretend. Yeah, nobody's pretending anymore. And let's not let's yeah. not get it twisted either. I don't want anybody out there to think, well, at least the, these players are getting paid, but they're still not getting oh, yeah. paid by oh, the school. Okay. But they're still not getting paid by the school, right? Somehow, yeah, exactly. yep. somehow the labor, the labor, you know, the workers for these teams are still not getting paid by the organizations. Yeah. They're getting paid by outside sources. Right, not not the team. Which is so interesting that so many of these kids, right? They're right. kids still, but so many of these athletes, you could have fixed this problem years ago right. instead of now dealing with improvement problems if you just would have given every student athlete a, a free ride. <laughs> right. But if you'd have just paid for school, you paid them. Yeah, yeah. The, the and now you money because you didn't want to front the money to give them their education. And now yeah. they're going to go get their money wherever they want exactly. to go get Exactly. Like the the whole talk about, uh, I mean, it, NIL right now is out of control. No doubt. It is out of control. There's not really any regulations. There's not much rules. You've got some quarterbacks in this place getting played millions of dollars. You've got another quarterback over here. There's, uh, I think, a Miami quarterback. There's a rumor that he's getting paid $9.5 million. Right, and he's yeah. like a four star. Like it's crazy. It's nuts. It's out yeah. of control, and I'm loving every second of it because the. I mean, yeah, you're gonna have to deal with this for a while, and it's gonna be out of control. And these coaches don't know what to do. Nick Saban is freaking out. Oh no! Yep. Like all these other teams are getting my players just because of money. Uh, the one that I'm loving that's freaking out about this is uh, what's the name of the coach from Clemson? Uh, Jesus himself, I can't think yeah. of his name, but he is totally. I was gonna say, but that is not his name. That's a combination of two different coaches. <laughs> that is might be the most southern name that I've ever heard. What Bo is Saban. his name? I'm gonna look it up right now. But anyway, he is flipping out. He has made so many controversial comments. Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. Sweeney, yeah, Dabo he. Sweeney. He's made so many controversial things. Like, yeah, guys. This this shit is happening, right? The players are gonna leave after it. every year to a different team, right? Oh, okay. 
this team over here is gonna pay me more money i'm gonna go over there it's gonna happen it's gonna happen for the next couple of years i'm loving it and i don't care it's great um but also hook them horns right we'll start back up hook them horns. we back baby we back until they crush my heart and we lose hey, to kansas in that damn wheel all right here we go <laughs> yeah i'm actually secretly rude <laughs> Uh, this one is a little bit more somber conversation. Uh, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner today, as we're recording uh, this episode, uh, pleaded guilty to the drug charges in Russia. She's been over there for a couple months, incarcerated. Um, to I mean, to it's, total it's a total political thing. Absolutely. No doubt about it. She's a, a political refugee over there in Russia. Um, she could face up to 10 years in in Russian prison as a uh, American, African-American, African-American person, female, part of the LGBTQ community. I mean, I'm sure they're just treating her like crap over there in Russia. Right. And it's just I don't know. I don't even know what what we could do for her as, as we as in America. Yeah, this, this is the wrong time to get got in Russia. Yeah, I will say this because there's not really much to say about this. This is like a, a ongoing story. Um, I say two gangster moves. Big up to her wife for not letting people sleep on this shit. Yeah, right? for real. Like she's the for one real. making this pressure. And I, and I thought there was a, a comment by the coach, by Brittany Griner's coach. Uh, Sorry, Brittany Griner's coach. Right. That he was like, if this was LeBron, he'd be back already. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. True. Last gangster thing about Brittany Griner is the picture of her going to court. She was rocking a red Crenshaw t-shirt. So I don't know if, if they're like, yo, the body's not gonna do nothing. We're gonna get all the bloods up in here. And they're gonna <laughs> hit front, but <laughs> That was such a, a crazy, crazy image for me to see. I was just like, damn, like she she if if anything, that's the most American repping thing you could wear to yeah, court. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, uh back to your point um about her wife, man, that at first she played she was playing the game, right? They they told her that, you know, it the the more uh the more talk we have about this, the more they're gonna use Russia is gonna use it as political stance, right? So let's keep it let's keep it under under wraps, and then slowly and surely, like she just started getting tired and fed up. And there's some some rumors that she said like they missed the call because there was nobody at the White House to transfer the call or whatever. And finally, she's had it. She's had it, and she's bringing it out. And and because of her wife, literally, is I think the only reason that it's still in the news. Right, her wife, her teammates yep. are out there. Every her teammates out there rocking a shirt WNBA, which is awesome as far as uh, being connected to what's going on in the world and making a change when it came to the Black Lives Matter movement. To you know, getting their owner fired um, is crazy and straight up. I mean, again, her wife straight up gangster and. Uh, we need to do whatever we can. This Brittany Griner needs to come home, guys. Yes, she does. All right, let's spin up to the next topic. Here we go. Ooh, we stop a major league baseball. We are almost to the halfway point. Uh, to me personally, like all-star yeah. all-star game. All-Star game is usually when I start like really paying attention and uh, okay, it's time to to look what's going on. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of Major League Baseball stories out there. Um, it, it in the American League, it's coming down to the Yankees and you know who it is. We're always there, the Houston Astros. Every year, we'll be competing. Um, and then the National League, you got the Dodgers, the Mets. That's crazy that they're out there. 
Um, I keep I keep expecting them to fall down, and and it still may happen. The, the Mets will probably met sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Mets, you know, they got their aces coming back. Scherzer came back, and and you're probably right. That was that comeback. He he struck out eleven guys, and they lost one to zero to the Reds. Yeah, that's so pure Met Met. Very. <laughs> But they did stay in first place, uh, even though Atlanta was like on a 14 game win streak, which shows you how strong of a team they've been. And they're also about to get the ground back. He's been doing rehab duty. This is all my Mets info from becoming an official fan of theirs this year. I'm actually like, paying attention. <laughs> and not, I'm just basically waiting for the pain. It's, yeah, it's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. But the, the Astros, you know, I, I think, but I'm really glad about the Astros is that they're proving that they well hopefully they're not cheating but they are still winning um and yet the Yankees look ripped no, I have to I have to say, and I have to eat crow yeah I'll have to eat crow when we had our our preseason to baseball like I was I'm trashing the Yankees they're like oh man this is the year you guys are gonna suck so bad and they have came out and straight balled up and every series, every series between the Yankees and Astros, man, those games are wild, man. Those games come down to the last inning. They're it is great, great baseball. And like you know, we in a, in our in our group text with our our our, our boys from uh, fantasy football, man. I've been waiting like I'm texting something, and then they, the Yankees come back, and I'm like, damn it, let me erase this text, man. But uh, yeah, the the Yankees are absolute, and I can't even lie, man. They're actually killing it. I did not see this coming this year. I thought they were gonna take a big downfall because they still really don't have pitching. I still don't yeah, believe yeah. in their pitching, but their bats are just out of control. Yeah, the you know one of the things about looking at Yankees and the Dodgers, these like first place teams in in each league is the thing that really stood out when I was trying to look at like stats and seeing like what you know what separates the top teams and it was clear you know that record wise those t- all those teams you mentioned are just kind of ahead of everybody but the Yankees run differential is plus 175 and i think that like the the Astros in in second are like at 93 plus yeah. 93 or something so yeah. they're like on double of them and the Dodgers run differential is plus one forty four and I and I think uh whoever was said which might be the Mets um right behind are, are under a hundred. So like they're just far and away which you know says that they're also playing defense in a way that really matters for for big time games and, and like really extending a season if we're already at the halfway mark. Yeah I think I think one thing baseball may have a problem with is um just that there's a top tier. Yeah. And, like we can almost, you know, we can pencil in like the top four teams of who's probably going to be in the World Series, right? I think it's the Yankees and the Astros as far as uh, the AL. Like I thought I thought Tampa was going to do something this year. They don't seem to be doing like they sucking. Um, and then in, in the NL, it's pretty much like you said, the Mets are the Mets going to Mets, but I think. I think pretty much we can pencil in the Dodgers. That that team is just like an yeah. all-star team there, um, and it's crazy for him. Uh, what I know you want to talk. I, I know right. you want to talk about your boy. I mean, you definitely have two different thoughts on on Otani and what he's doing, huh? You have a different thought. Yeah, on I'm not an Otani fan. I think it's all it's overrated yeah. and overblown, and I'm not. I'm. I'm not an Otani fan. Well, uh, I I don't I don't even know. I, I mean, we can have yeah. an argument. Yeah, we can. Uh, that's not audio issues. That's me. I'm in shock. <laughs> this guy is out of this world, dude. What are you talking about? This guy is insane. Wait, but you you're saying that what he's doing is not that great statistically, or you're saying that it's not that hard to do what he does? No, which no. Is, I think I think it, it is hard to do what he does. It's when I say hard, it's different, right? We haven't seen somebody doing this. And he's good at him. He's good at batting. And he's good at pitching. Uh-huh. I just think the covers that he gets, it's like he is the greatest pitcher of all time. And then he's the greatest batter of all time. When I think he's just, 
He's 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 good at it. Like he's a good pitcher and he's a good batter. But what is he like? What are they doing? Like I don't understand. Also, like the, you have Otani on your team as the Angels. You have uh, what's the other dude on their team that's supposed to be the greatest? Base? Trout. Yeah, Trout. He's the greatest baseball. They've been putting this down our throat forever. That Trout is the best baseball player of all time for years now. And that team sucks. They suck. They're not doing anything. Like, they're not... Like, if Otani is that dude and he's pitching and batting, why are they not winning? Because he's one out of nine. But he's playing two positions. So he's two out of nine. Come on, man. He's two out of nine. Come on. And he's like, I'm not... I just don't think he's he's great. Again, he's another one kind of like Jalen. He's good at everything. He's just not great at anything. And they and we're being force fed like he's great at everything. I I don't even know what to say right now. Just you're right. You're you, right. You know, yes. He only has one earned run. Yeah. And in his last four starts, he's got zero earned runs. Okay. Until when? Now pull up the stats against the Houston Astros. Pull up those stats. And mm? Well, if we're talking about him versus cheaters, then that's a complete. Oh, come on. Yeah, that was a Thank low you. blow. Now time for probably what is my favorite segment this week. This week's Grito of the Week. Oh! We got two Primo this week. You want to shout them out? Yeah, absolutely. We have to go with our Latin Brotherhood. In baseball, they've been uh, selected to the All-Star Game in a, in a first time ever selecting senior citizens to the All-Star Game. I don't know exactly what they're calling it, but uh, Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols are honorary members of the All-Star Game. They're being respected, uh, kind of uh, giving giving these players flowers while they're still in the game. Um, and we just have to give them a huge shout-out of what they've done to for baseball, what they've done for the Latin community, um, and all. Like, these, these two are absolute legends. Miguel Cabrera is our first-ever two-time winner of Grito of the Week <laughs> because of it. But uh, I mean, we just yeah, we just go through numbers of what these guys have done. Uh, right now, Albert Pujols is ninth all time in hits. He is. Uh, Cabrera's he's, at twenty four. Yeah, he's at twenty four. But they're both one and two as far as active players right now in the game, as far as hits. Uh, you got Miguel Cabrera's got two thousand six hundred and fifty six. Games played and Albert Pujols is three thousand fourteen. I think Pujols came in a year before Miguel Cabrera, if I'm not mistaken. Let me see. Yeah, these guys have been around forever. Two years. Pujols came in for in two thousand one. Miguel Cabrera came in at in two thousand three. Uh, I mean, just numbers are crazy hits. Like I said, Albert Pujols is at. Uh, over 3,000. Uh, Miguel Cabrera just became part of uh, the uh, 3,000 hit club. Runs. Yeah, another, yeah, go ahead. Both of these guys are like right around 300 career batting averages, right? Miggy's at 310 and Pools at 296. Yeah. I think uh, Pools as well, right? Like their slugging percentages. Are insane. Pools his career slugging percentage is 546, and Cabrera is at 528. Both of these guys are just like have been all time um, great for the game too. Like guys that everybody else likes and gets along with. Um, they're just like personalities in the game that you would want. Particularly, you know, as fans, it, it brings out kind of the best in teams because they're both incredible competitors, and yet at the same time. They were both kind of like guys that like other players had last with. Um, and both of them as first basemen get that opportunity, right? We get other guys that uh, get on first seat to have those little conversations with your opponents and get to know each other. Yeah. My, the startling thing for me is Pujols' 683 career home runs. <laughs> like, 
505, but that's 683 to me. I didn't even realize it was that high until we were gonna honor these two guys here. Yeah, he is, uh, I mean, he, he started his career off with the Cardinals, which was, uh, made me hate him originally. Yeah. Because back that's <laughs> when, uh, the Astros and, uh, they're, they're in the NL and the NL Central. And, uh, here, here's a stat that, that, that may blow your mind. Um, that I heard when, when Miggy was going, uh, to break his, uh, 3,000 hit. But there are only three players ever to have 3,000 plus hits and 600 doubles in it. One is Hank Aaron. Yeah. Now, recently, is uh, Miguel Cabrera. And the other one is Albert Pujols. Right. So, both yeah. of those dudes. Yeah. So, these dudes. Yeah. 3,000 plus hits, 600 plus doubles. Oh, and 500 plus home run. Like, just. Jeez. I mean, they just. Great stuff. Yeah, they're it. They're they're. So again, I'm just going back to when uh, when we were giving a shout out our a grito to Miguel Cabrera and me not even thinking about. It, I thought is Miguel Cabrera the uh, the best baseball player in our generation, but I didn't even think about Albert Pujols. And now that we're comparing both of these guys, like yeah. who? Yeah. Who would you rather have, Chris? I'm putting you on the spot. Between you know, Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, who's better? You know, that's. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's very funny about like perception. Like, uh, yeah, immediately in my head, I would think I want Miguel Cabrera because I feel like there's something about his like presence that feels bigger, much bigger than Pujols. But then you look at the numbers, yeah, and. <laughs> and then, you know, how did this guy? I think that was the biggest thing. Is like the six eighty three sounds so crazy to me because when you align them up with someone like Miguel Cabrera, you think those guys would be close, and it's not anywhere close. It's not anywhere close. He has almost a hundred and eighty more home runs than Cabrera. Um, but I, so I guess I would go with Pujols, right? And yeah, I just I feel so. like I don't, I don't know enough about their clutchness, but I don't. I would not want to have to go against either one of those guys, though, either, if I'm an opponent in a big game. Yeah, Pujols has got, I think, the one that, that puts them over their... Like, their numbers are really, really close, right? Like you said, what we said with batting average, hits, home runs, they're all really close. Uh, I'm looking at the stats right here. Pujols has 117 stolen bases to Miguel Cabrera's uh, 39. Maybe that's yeah. the stat that kind of puts them over. Uh, let me see here. Is there anything? Do you think that like slugging percentages and then the doubles that you just brought up with those guys, right? right. And in that Aaron <laughs> category, is just that like those guys did need doubles because they weren't gonna like they weren't fleet-footed guys. They right. weren't gonna be like racing around. And so the fact that those guys at their speed got double still, right? And I think, you know, a lot of, both of those guys, I, I remember them having, like, stand-up doubles. So that for them to be able to hit the ball that deep, you right. know those are a lot of the gaps to the walls and the corners that these guys are just incredible, incredible hitters. Yeah, I think that it's crazy to me, and, and we had this discussion earlier when we were talking about Shohei Otani is, um, yep. like, these guys are obviously great, um, but they didn't really win, right? Miguel Cabrera had won a World Series with the Marlins early in his career. And then, you know, then was stuck in Detroit and Detroit never won. Pujols is the same. He was with the Cardinals. Cardinals made a couple of runs up there. Does he? Did he? Did, I know. The Pujols have one or two rings. Now, yeah, that's... I was just I was thinking he didn't have any, but then I remember that Cardinals did win a World Series yeah. in my lifetime. It's time to research. He's got three. I'm he sorry. Got three? Two. Got two. Okay. Sorry. Wow, I didn't think he had any. Yeah, no, they they had those years, which is interestingly enough around the time when Miggy got his second with the Detroit Tigers. Man, am I my miss? I don't remember him winning with well, Detroit. Either. I think look, this is 
I'm glad they were, were having this because I felt the same way. Like, I'm like, how do I not remember these things? But yeah. it's because these guys have been around for like for 30 sure, years. Forever. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, but really 20, but 20 in baseball feels like 30. I mean, Pujols, Pujols to me, he was the one. He was the contract after A-Rod. A-Rod had that big contract that was kind of yeah. crazy. Right first when uh, the Rangers signed him up and then Pujols to me was the next one up who had a big contract yeah. and he signed like a 10-year deal with the Angels and that was the next contract that blew everybody's mind of you're really going to play and he he played those 10 years right and he enjoyed he cashed every one of those checks yeah I, I think you know one thing about Miggy that I will say that I do think stats wise is important when you're comparing guys and it's just also just fun uh, because we we're you know I've both Love both of these guys and how like impactful they've been as Latinos in the game of baseball. But Miguel Cabrera, out of the two guys, is the only one, and he got this in 2012. He got the triple crown Ooh. in 2012. And uh, Ooh, that is a big yeah. one too. Exactly, he hit 330 that year with 44 home runs and 139 RBIs. So I I think that's probably in that time frame is what I think about when I think about Miguel Cabrera. Right. And I remember that this guy had a triple crown, which is probably the bias deep rooted in my mind that is like I'll pick him over Pujols. Yeah. One of the things that that uh, I have a good memory of uh, Miguel Cabrera is when he had uh, when he won the World Series with the Marlins, and uh, he uh, he hit a home run. Off of uh, Roger Clemens, and yeah. they they kept asking him, you know, how's it feel to hit off off of Clemens and da 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 da, and he was like, he had no idea who Roger Clemens was, no clue. <laughs> He's like, why is this the big deal? Like, why is everybody keep yeah. asking me this? Who is that guy? And they're like, you don't know like who Roger Clemens is. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, no, I just got up there and I hit. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy, but that's yeah. a crazy young dude that just, I mean, shout out again, the gritos to both of these legends, possibly maybe another episode down the road. We can talk about who is the greatest Latino baseball player of all time. Mm. Yes, I think, uh, I think that's an incredible conversation. That is incredible. We can do that. We got uh, to get some more people to chime in on that as well. So we can see the, the Latino perspective of Latino players in the game. Um, yes, shout out, and then because we talked about that at the very beginning of this, the, the official title is the All Star Legend Selection for yeah, the All Star Game, the Viejitos First. Award. That's what I'm just gonna call it. Like, the- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cabrera's in the league, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it is time. Everybody's favorite segment, Primos and Primas. It is time for the Tapao of the Week. It's been such a long time since we've come up with a Tapao of the Week. And without a shadow of a doubt, the number one Tapao of the Week has to go to Robbie Anderson, wide receiver of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I love this story. The follow you, of the week really is becoming my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Everybody out there, what? Robbie Anderson? Carolina Panthers? Why do we care about him? Well, let me just tell you this story, okay? Um, The Carolina Panthers don't have a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback. They thought they had a quarterback. They had Sam Darnold, right? And uh, in April... The rumors started flying that the Carolina Panthers are in uh, in the hunt for one Baker Mayfield. And for some reason, Robbie Anderson decided to go to social media and tweet out a reply to that with merely saying, No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, literally said that in that many O's, right? He said, No! <laughs> And so, fast forward to this week, and guess who traded for Baker Mayfield? Yep, that's right. The Carolina Panthers. 
So, Robbie Anderson. Now you have to think about your consequences. Because I know, you know how petty I am, right? You know how petty I am. And Baker Mayfield is up there in the pettiness. He's That is one of the little things that I like about Baker Mayfield. That he can be petty. So, Robbie Anderson, I think your contract is coming up. This may be even a contract year for you. And most likely, I'm going to put money on that Baker Mayfield is going to beat out Sam Darnold for the quarterback. Yeah. So when you're and out Darnold, there and you're running, you're running that nine route, you're running that hits route, and you're wide open, and Baker Mayfield's going to hit you with a, no, and dump it <laughs> off to I would do that so many times, Robbie Anderson. You better be kissing his butt. You better be buying him things. Like, oh, man, I was, you better so much think that tweet is coming to bite you in the butt so bad. <laughs> yeah, if you thought that Baker Mayfield froze out OBJ over there, <laughs> that's true. You're not gonna, you are not touching that anymore. You are not. I just, I hope, I hope our our friends at uh on our uh, on our fantasy football don't listen to this, and I hope they they get Robbie Anderson. Right, oh, somebody's yeah. gonna draft him. <laughs> Carlos is definitely gonna draft him. Yeah, <laughs> he's a former Jeff. <laughs> exactly. So, again, Robbie Anderson tweeting out that you didn't want Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield's coming. And guess what? He's gonna already have more pool than you. And that is the case. Robbie Anderson, congratulations on the only award you're gonna win this year. The Tapao of the Week. Time to draft DJ Moore. <laughs> well, that wraps up this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Y'all make sure to like, comment, or review today's episode. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. as Puro Pinche Primos. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. Or Google Puro Pincha Primos for our website on Captivate FM. We are the Puro Pincha Primos. Peace. Peace.